The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Well, welcome in, everybody. We are back aboard and ready to preview for the weekend, including most prominently undisputed junior middleweight championship bout coming in California for the 154-pound titles, all of them. Uh, Jermel Charlo, Brian Castaño coming up. Showtime Championship Boxing. We look forward to talking about a lot with that fight in the preview mode, but that's not all. We've got some interesting fights involving Zerto Ramirez, light heavyweight contender on a different card. We've got Sergey Kovalev, the former light heavyweight champion, now fighting at cruiserweight at an advanced age. He's on a card. We've got a lot to discuss and preview and much to get to, including hearing from Oscar De La Hoya here on the podcast as well. Uh, to set the table and get all of that underway, here again is our insider, our content partner on Big Fight Weekend. Uh, you know him from Fight Freaks Unite and his own Substack. He is Dan Raphael. He is back aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Good to have you back on what's going to be a busy weekend and a lot to cover. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. You mentioned all those fights, and we even have the wackiness of uh, the former pound-for-pound great Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition on top of a building in Dubai. Huh? Mm. I just want to know, you've been in Vegas covering the fights. What happened to your credential and your travel plans to be in Dubai and be ringside on top of a skyscraper? Hello for that I, fight. I must, How are you not there? I mean, you're the guru. How are you not there for that? I, I must have misplaced that? them, TJ. I must have misplaced my credential and my, uh, oh. my airline ticket. Uh, and ever, also, if I was going to be at a fight this weekend, though, I would be in California for the undisputed fight between Charlo and Castaño. Have you ever done something on a, on a skyscraper? You've never worked a fight ringside from a skyscraper. That's a highly unusual, and i got to think it's limited capacity. Just by gravity's sake and space's sake, it's probably limited capacity. I've done fights in arenas, in big stadiums, outdoors, <laughs> in little ballrooms, uh, in, in all kinds of places. Uh-huh. I have to be honest, I've never done a fight on a skyscraper. I, I kind of don't like the thought of the heights when you're outside like that. Mm, me neither. I'm not. I'm not agoraphobic. Is that the correct one? Agoraphobic. I think agoraphobic is when you don't like to outside. go outside. Acrophobic, right? Acrophobic. Yeah. I think is heights. So whichever it is, I'm okay with heights, uh, like on a roller coaster. But yeah, looking down off a skyscraper, I might have a problem with that unless no Spider-Man was around. No, thank you on that. Anyway, however you found this podcast, wherever you found this <coughs> podcast, social media link, Big Fight Weekend website, Dan Substack, Fight Freaks Unite. Look him up on Substack. We love his insight. We love him being here with us. However you found us, make sure you're following or subscribing on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. No BS here to the folks. A lot of people love to embellish. Uh, a lot of people love to make things up. The growth on everything we're doing with the website and the podcast has been phenomenal. There are thousands and thousands of you that have been finding us not only on the website but on the podcast we got the april numbers in and it is right now through the roof so thank you publicly again to dan rayfield being part of it and promoting i i think they're here for our good looks if they're seeing us on video personally just kidding uh they're here for the boxing content and they are finding us and they need to keep doing so and they need to review us on apple Podcasts. leave us a review take like 90 seconds if you have an iphone or ipad and review big fight weekend in the podcast network because that will help more people find us and see us so keep doing that please but dan again publicly thank you and the audience is growing there are more people here week after week and we're having fun doing it and i'm looking forward to uh 
a bunch of fights to talk about with you right now for coming up on the weekend on the yeah. big fight weekend. Oh yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt about that. So all good stuff and let's get right into it, including Oscar de la Hoya coming up here. Dan got an exclusive one-on-one. And again, you want to be following or subscribing because midweek when Oscar uh, de la Hoya was available or when Ryan Garcia is available and a, and a couple of weeks ago, it was Errol Spence that was available. We pop on a Fight Freaks Unite special edition on the podcast feed where you can hear the interview and you don't need a social media link. You don't need any, any other heads up. You'll get a notification that there is a new uh, podcast on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed, Fight Freaks Unite. You, you get a new podcast. You would have already heard from Ryan Gar- Garcia, who we heard from earlier in the week without our help without our promotion. Now you're going to hear from Oscar De La Hoya, who Dan talked to in just a couple of moments. Let's pick up with that because the WBC says Ryan Garcia now to fight Isaac Cruz. At least they want that fight. The WBC wants that fight for their mandatory contender. Dan, pick up on that. You talked to Ryan Garcia earlier this week. Well, yeah, the WBC did order that as a final eliminator. So if the fight occurs, the winner would then be the mandatory challenger for the belt that is currently held by Devin Haney, the WBC title. Of course, he has the undisputed fight with George Cambosis in early June. So the winner of that fight will have a bunch of mandatories, but the WBC's mandatory will be the winner of that uh, Cruz versus Garcia fight if it should happen. And obviously that's a pretty big fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia, in uh, which we have, I believe, as a different podcast, uh, was extremely excited to hear the news that they had ordered that fight. It's a fight that he wanted even before they ordered the fight. He wanted the fight for his comeback from the injury. Um, they never really got serious about making that fight. I think the Golden Boy people were more uh, hopeful that they could just get Ryan back in the groove after about a 15-month layoff, coming off of a surgery on his wrist and hand, make sure everything was healthy. He fought Emmanuel to go, totally dominated, knocked him down, won a lopsided, a virtually a shutout decision. Uh, and, and Isaac Cruz, of course, fought his own fight on the undercard of the Errol Spence uh, or Dennis Ugas pay-per-view and looked absolutely sensational in destroying the remnants of Yorkas Gamboa in a big knockout win. And so hopefully both sides will uh, take that fight. Ryan Garcia wants to fight. He's claims that the date and Oscar uh, backed this up. Also, they have a date, I believe, of July 16th. They hope to do the event, whoever he fights in Los Angeles at what used to be the Staples Center, now Crypto.com Arena. And the interesting thing that Oscar said that the folks will hear uh, when you play the, uh, the interview that I had with him uh, on Wednesday is that the the dirty details sometimes get in the way of making these fights. And the WBC, when they ordered the mandatory eliminator between Ryan and, and Pitbull, was that it's a 50-50 split. And so a lot of people I saw on Twitter and social media when I when I posted the fact that they had ordered the fight, well, ah, that'll never happen. Ryan Garcia's not going to only take 50%. He's the bigger name. He's the bigger guy. He's the you know, the bigger star, he's the A side, he's going to want a lot more than 50%. And I can understand that you would think that would be the case. If people listen to what's about to come up, what you're going to play of my interview with Oscar, he made no bones about the fact they 100% will take that fight at 50-50. No issue. They understand the WBC rules. They want the fight. They believe it's a great opportunity for Ryan to put on a big event as well as fight a quality opponent, as well as, uh, you know, with a victory, he put himself in that position to fight for the world title. And, uh, you know, if they're willing to do 50-50, I can't fathom that, you know, the Isaac Cruz team is going to have a problem with 50-50. I think they know that's not. a gift from God to get that much of the of the pie. So I'm hopeful that they can make the fight, whether it's a negotiated deal or it's a purse bid, however it happens. Uh, boxing fans, I don't think, care about that much. They just want to see a, a tremendous fight. And uh, Ryan Garcia, Isaac Cruz is a, is a very solid fight in, the, in a very loaded and exciting lightweight division. Has big stakes, has uh, good characters, should be a good fight inside the boxing ring. Um, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't happen based on the 
concept that it's an ordered fight and that the A side is willing to give 50-50. Seems like a no-brainer if you ask me, but this is boxing, TJ. Stuff happens. <laughs> no doubt. And again, we encourage the fans. You can hear the full comments of Ryan Garcia on the Big Fight Weekend podcast feed. Go back to the Fight Freaks Unite uh, episode before this one. So this one is now debuted as the newest one in the preview mode. We're always out on Friday for the Saturday shows usually. Uh, so go back to the previous one, which is Fight Freaks Unite. You'll see it. Exclusive interview with Ryan Garcia. Here is full comments. What you, you had him about 15 minutes, 15, 17 minutes, talking on all subjects, including talking about Canelo Alvarez, who he trained with, what his thoughts are on that. He talked about Haney and Cambosis. They can hear all of it. We want them to go back and hear all of it. So we're plugging away and cross-promoting uh, to hear all of that. We're going to hear from Oscar De La Hoya in just a second. Uh, but is it your belief, again, we got a lot of variables in play, that if Ryan Garcia wins or if Cruz wins, they're going to be in line to fight either Cambosis or Haney, provided there's not a rematch. And if my understanding is correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Cambosis is the one that has the one-way rematch clause. If he loses, there's a rematch. If he wins, if Cambosis wins, would we think that the the number one contender here, Ryan Garcia in particular, would be that next fight? Is that your uh, educated that, guess, knowing what you know? That's my educated guess. I mean, that's the biggest fight among the mandatories out there. Uh, I'm not sure what the rotation system is. You know, when there's a unified champion, the organizations usually have an order uh, based on what the recent mandatory was and how they assess who's going to be the next mandatory. But the bottom line was Ryan, although said he would love to fight either guy, whoever the winner is, he understands that if Haney is the winner, that Cambosis is entitled to a rematch. And if he exercises that option, it would push him back a little bit. So in his mind, he's hoping that George Cambosis is the winner because, as he said, it just gets me the chance to fight for the title sooner uh, than if it were Devin that would win that first fight in June. So uh, either way, though, Garcia against Haney, Garcia against Cambosis, those are all exciting fights. Garcia against Pitbull Cruz is a hell of a fight. You really can't go wrong. And there's so much talent right now in that weight class that you can mix, mix and match probably five or six guys and uh, come up with an interesting match. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. They have until the early part of June to make a deal. And then if they don't make a deal, I believe it was June the 14th that there would be a purse bid. And uh, you know, we got to wait a few weeks to see what actually takes place in terms of whether they can actually get the deal done. But, uh, you know, it feels like that's a, a very solid uh, possibility that that fight will actually occur. It's complicated because the Mayweather camp and the De La Hoya Golden Boy folks, they don't do a lot of business together. But look, at the end of the day, it's business, and you got to do what's best for your company, what's best for your fighter. And this seems like a very, very solid uh, ability for both sides to make money. And that was a very, very solid segue to get us to Oscar De La Hoya in just a second here, who Dan talked to uh, earlier in the week. Again, Zerto Ramirez is in action as well. You're going to hear Oscar talking about that. Zerto Ramirez's battle uh, coming with Dominic Bosell is in Ontario, California, on the zone, Golden Boy Show. So you're going to hear Oscar on all of those subjects later in the podcast. Again, Dan and I are breaking down the Jermel Charlo-Brian Castaño fight. That's in a little bit. But without further delay... Here's the Golden Boy, the head of Golden Boy Promotions, talking on this same subject about Ryan Garcia, his uh, upcoming bout, Zerto Ramirez, his bout, and you know, you know Oscar had thoughts on Canelo Alvarez losing. Let's hear all of that right now as we continue. Well, all right, I want to welcome in my guest today. It is none other than the Hall of Fame boxer and promoter extraordinaire Oscar De La Hoya from Golden Boy Promotions. First of all, Oscar, thank you very much for joining me. How are you today? Dan, I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure to uh, 
to talk to you and to talk to somebody who actually uh, who actually knows a thing or two about boxing, uh, who is not a casual, who uh, is an expert in this in this uh, uh, fun field. I know uh, I may know a lot about boxing, but you have a better left hook than I do. <laughs> well, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, so I want to talk to you about your 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 DAZN card that's on Saturday night with uh, the return of Gilberto Zerto Ramirez against Dominic Bosell. Uh, but I want to start off, actually, if you don't mind, there was a big news made yesterday, uh, as yeah. we record this on Wednesday, made on Tuesday, where the WBC decided that they were going to order a elimination fight in the lightweight division, a final eliminator between uh, the boxer you promote, uh, you know, the superstar uh, Ryan yeah. Garcia, in a fight yeah. that he said he wanted for a while against Isaac Pitbull Cruz, which... To me, and I think to many fans, is a very exciting sort of matchup. And, uh, you know, I talked to Ryan about it. He was super pumped up about the prospect, wants to have it in Los Angeles, make a big deal about it. Uh, but it's going to be up to, you know, the promoters to try to make the deal or perhaps go to a purse bid. Uh, give me your thoughts about that that order, that opportunity, and the prospect of that fight actually occurring. Look, Dan, Ryan Garcia has been very, very vocal. I've been very vocal. Um... We want the fight. Uh, Ryan Garcia has his date already for July, mid-July. And we want that cruise fight. We're very happy that the WBC ordered the fight. So there's no, there's no running from, there's no running from it now. You know, uh, um, we, we're, we're glad to sit down with, um, with uh, 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 Isaac Cruz's promoter, whoever that is, I, I think it's Al Heyman. I'm really not sure. Well, I think if you uh, want to get technical, it's Mayweather Promotions, but I understand your point. He's with PBC. Sure. Um, um, but, I, yeah, so whoever it might be uh, that we have to sit down with, look, the WBC ordered it. There's there's a, there's a percentage split that is that has to be followed, that it has to be, you know, honored. Um, and we have no problem with that. And uh, let's get this fight happen. Let's make this fight happen. It's 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 the fight that we want. What else do we have to say? What else do we have to do? Um, we understand the split. We understand everything. We understand obviously that Ryan is the star. That Ryan is the one that that should be dictating everything. But in this case, now that it's a split this fight should be negotiated even easier. So right. let's, let's make it happen. That's what I was the answer. So when I saw that they ordered the fight, on the one hand, I was like, oh, this is great. And then it goes to a purse bid. Maybe they can negotiate it. But also I saw, you know, in the, in the fine print, it's a 50-50 split, which being that Ryan, of course, is a main event fighter, no offense mm -hmm. to, to Isaac Pitbull Cruz, he hasn't really yeah. been the A side. But the point you're making is you guys are okay. If it's 50-50, you want the fight sure. just to get the fight. We're, we're fine with it. Okay. We're, we're fine with it. It's no problem. I had Ryan Garcia here at the office the other day, and we had a meeting, and he's fine with it. He wants to make the fight. That's the bottom line. And, you know, the WBC has a rule where they hold back 10%. The winner gets that 10%. So, look, you're, you're, you're fighting for honor here you're fighting for 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 you know for glory yeah. and and plus you're gonna make another 10 percent on top of it so uh and that's the beauty of ordering these fights because you cannot run away from it now so whoever i have to talk to and negotiate this fight let's make it happen the fans want this fight on our side everything is great we want to make this fight happen 
July 16th, Ryan Garcia has his date. Let's make this happen. Look, and whoever wins the purse bid, if it goes to purse bid, mm-hmm. that's, that's, whoever wins it uh, then makes the fight, does the fight, takes care of everything, is the A side. So we have no problem with that. I got you. I actually was uh, not aware, actually, that the WBC used the 10% rule in eliminators. Maybe they do. I certainly know they do that in title fights. But either way, it's a great matchup. Uh, and I hope you guys are able to make that fight. But you have your big event, uh, most the one that's coming up, the the, yeah. the event on this uh, Saturday. Uh, we'll get yeah. there. You know, Ryan will be in a couple of months. But you have Gilberto Zerto Ramirez, still undefeated, uh, top light heavyweight contender, former super middleweight champion, taking on the former interim title holder, Dominic Bissell mm-hmm. from uh, Germany. Uh, I just, uh, number one, give me just your general take on the matchup because, you know, I know that the the, the top guys have been occupied, you know, whether it was the Bivol doing his thing, you've got the other champions in the Better BF and Joe Smith fighting each other. Uh, obviously, Bivol just had the big matchup against Canelo this past weekend. So the, the landscape of of opponents that you could pick from was not super deep, but give me your just your take on on what you expect out of Zerto and Bissell on Saturday in the DAZN main. Yeah, event. look, it's 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 such an interesting landscape now. Uh, now that now that Bivol won, um, the, I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of uh, a lot of these casuals uh, didn't expect that, but you know. You know this, Dan, uh, since we're experts here uh, and we know the sport, Bivol was a very dangerous, dangerous fighter. I had, I had a, actually, a, I had a great, great feeling that, that Bivol was going to give him um, a run for his money uh, just because of his styles. And, and, and what I saw when he was training a couple of weeks prior to the fight, moving on his toes inside and out, and sticking with that jab, I mean, he, he, he's, he's a dangerous fighter for anybody. And I guarantee you that Canelo fighting Bivol, if they fight 10 times, Bivol beats them 10 times uh, in any weight class. So, so look, the, the, the light heavyweight division is very interesting. Surdo Ramirez is knocking on everybody's door right now. Winning this Saturday, um, uh, he becomes the mandatory for, for Bivol, which can be very interesting. Surdo Ramirez wants to fight whoever. He's, um, you know, I've been very vocal about gunning, gunning for the 50-0 and or 51-0 and record. Surdo Ramirez just wants to fight the best. And, uh, and he wants to fight Bivol. He wants to fight the other champions in light heavyweight. So, um, you know, it's a perfect position to be in when you have fighters who want to fight everybody. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. This I'm a little confused here. When Zerto had the fight, uh, a very exciting fight, by the way, in December, and he knocked out Unieski Gonzalez in the 10th round, that was yeah. also a WBA final eliminator. And I know you <laughs> tried to make the Bivol fight. Uh, you were rebuffed. He obviously made the right decision because he got a much higher profile, bigger money fight uh, against Canelo, which he wound up winning. And now sure. Zerto is still trying to get that title shot. But he already is the mandatory, correct? He just has to win this because you can't just go idle and not fight, obviously. Is that the deal? Well, I mean, obviously. But uh, look, you know you know how these uh, organizations work. Oh, yes. <laughs> and sometimes I don't even know how they work. But, um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, if if you're not in the driver's seat, then uh, you have to you have to you have to pressure, you have to position these fighters uh, and get them in front of the door so they can just. 
busted open. You know, you have to pressure, pressure, pressure. And so we've positioned Surdo, um, um, you know, to to knock on everybody's door, so nobody can hide anymore. So, yeah. and unfortunately, that's the way it works. That's the way the sport works. You know, these organizations. There's mandatories. There's another mandatory of final eliminator or this and that. You know, it's it's all nonsense. It's all bullshit. But I think that you know we're in a perfect position with Surdo um, um, to get him the big major fights um, after this Saturday. It does feel like though that even if he is the winner now, he's finally finally the uh, mandatory in the WBA. That if Canelo exercises his right to the rematch, which seems unclear at the moment, but if he does, it will mean that Zerto will not have that title opportunity at least for a while longer. Uh, your thoughts about that, and you know, you know Canelo really well. I didn't, I didn't, uh, in not interviewing you to have a Canelo fest or a Canelo bash, but in just your general thoughts, knowing him so well and having promoted him for so long, what do you think about the prospect? Should he take the rematch? Not take the rematch? Obviously, it impacts Zerto if he wins on Saturday. What he may do, but what are your thoughts about that? Well, my thoughts are, my thoughts are, my thoughts are as a fighter. Okay. Um, because, because, uh, you know, obviously I know this sport as a fighter inside the ring, what he's thinking, um, you know, Canelo, Canelo is not, uh, gonna take the rematch. Um, I, I, I strongly feel that, you know, yes, he's, he's, he's got so much honor and pride, but, uh, but I believe that he knows that Bivol has his number and he's a stronger, better fighter, um, um, Bivol is. So what I feel is going to happen, uh, Canelo's going to fight, uh, Triple G, mm-hmm. um, at, at 168, bring Triple G up to 168, knock out Triple G, uh, uh, once and for all, and Canelo will be back on top of the world. Um, in the meantime, uh, uh, Surdo Ramirez can, uh, can, can fight, uh, Bivol, uh, which will be a tremendous, tremendous fight. Really good fight. And, uh, yeah, it'll be a big fight. It'll be an amazing fight. And, uh, and then, uh, and then everybody's happy. Now, did you watch the fight between Bivol and Canelo on Saturday? I was there sitting in first row ringside. You didn't even come over and say hello to me, Oscar. I'm a little offended. Well, I, 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 you were you were too busy uh, signing autographs and taking pictures and and uh, you know uh, smoking with Mike Tyson. So. Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> what did you think of uh, of Bivol's performance and of Canelo's performance? Canelo Canelo did not adjust. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Uh, he he was he, he wanted to throw. Uh, punches that he thought were going to knock out Bivol. He didn't know how to adjust. He didn't use his jab. Um, Bivol fought a, a, a an incredible fight. He had a master plan. Uh, he was very, very disciplined with his plan. And uh, and he, he figured out his number. You know, Canelo being tired, um, you know, uh, um, was, was uh, surprising. But when you're a fighter who's relying on, on, on power alone and then you start getting frustrated, right. um, you know, you, you get winded. And so Bivol, you know, uh, he, he took advantage of every opportunity. He had great footwork. He knew how to he knew how to keep the distance perfectly so Canelo won't uh, won't come in with his effective punches, with his power punches. Um, if you notice, he kept on hitting his shoulders. He kept on hitting his elbows. But they were not solid enough to uh, to uh, to bring down Bivol. Uh, Bivol was 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 
was boxing beautifully on his toes. Bivol even showed us after the fight at the press conference his bruised arms from being hit so many times. But uh, yeah. I want to ask you, I saw either the day after the fight or maybe it was on Monday, you had a tweet that you tagged Canelo and you said, it's not too late yet to switch back to the best promoter. Tell me what you meant by that. Well, what I meant by that is that we 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 would have never taken the B-Ball fight. Okay. That's the bottom line. We would have never taken the B-Ball fight. That's a very, very dangerous fight. There's no there's no reward for it. What does Canelo get by fighting Bivol? He would say a world a, title and legacy. It was a stupid matchup. It was a stupid matchup. Um, you know, uh, but but it, uh, I mean, so be it. Yep. You know, uh, he he uh, he he made his moves. Uh, he's now paying for them, and uh, and but I strongly feel that look, if he goes back down to one sixty eight, lures Triple G up to one sixty eight, knocks him out, he'll be back on top of the world. I don't disagree with that assessment. I think you're probably right. I think he probably ultimately will not take the rematch. Um, thank you for your comments on that. I wanted to ask you about your another fight you have on your Saturday undercard, a fighter who has not maybe gotten a tremendous amount of publicity, but I've been watching now for a while and I find him to be very exciting, very interesting, and maybe sort of the dark horse in a very loaded lightweight division, and that is the Mexican puncher, William Zapata. Uh, I know he's fighting on this undercard, um, going to get a little more TV time, a little more stream time yeah. on the zone. What do you think his prospects are? Because he looks like he can really maybe make some waves and, and do some damage with some of these guys, the way he punches 25-0 and 0 with 23 knockouts and a southpaw, another uh, you know, Mexican exciting fighter. And he's fighting a top, you know, a good quality guy in Rene Alvarado, maybe not at his peak at this point, but a tricky guy with a lot of experience, been in with everybody, former world champion. Just your, give me your thoughts about the long term for uh, uh, William Zapata. Seems like a real interesting prospect that you have on your hands. Sure, he's a very interesting, dangerous prospect. He's a he's a fighter that uh, that can upset anybody, and um, he's a fighter that uh, that uh, that we want to build um, um, and uh, and uh, position him to uh, knock on on, on Haney's door. Um, I, I believe that William Cepeda, um, you know, he's getting the the notoriety, he's getting the the experience uh, on the big stage. Uh, he keeps proving himself over and over. So he's he's a fighter that's knocking on everybody's door. He's we're ready to unleash him uh, um, um, uh, to uh, to to uh, Haney. So that's that's actually a fight that we uh, we would love love to make. Um, you know, but first things first, he does have a tough fight in front of him on Saturday. I believe it's going to be uh, one of those um, candidates for fight of the year. Because uh, his his opponent uh, uh, Alvarado is just uh, a guy who comes forward, who bangs, who has a chin. So it's going to be an exciting fight. Well, I haven't never seen him not in an exciting fight of the fights I have seen so right. far. Um, yeah. Now I know you have also have coming back uh, after a long layoff at some point is uh, you know has had a long layoff, had some weight problems. That's your cousin Diego De La Hoya, who at one point was an outstanding junior featherweight prospect. He's coming back as a featherweight. Uh, do you think he still has a chance to, to do something and become a champion? Obviously, he carries your last name. That's got to be hard for any boxer, you know, given your uh, tremendous career, Hall of Fame stature. Um, what, what's going on with Diego at this point? Yeah, well, at this point, I, I was uh, I was uh, informed that uh, he will not be on the card uh, for personal reasons. So, look, this is a kid who uh, has had some bad luck. Um, you know, it's very unfortunate. Uh, he's a great talent. Um, you know, he's a, uh, he has the name, he has the skill, uh, but just, just, you know, it's uh, the, these, these 
you know, it's unfortunate that he's had bad luck. And, um, you know, so, so, uh, and this is not another, this is not another weight issue, is it? No, it's not a, it's not a weight issue. It's a, it's a, it's a very, very personal issue, uh, which obviously, uh, you know, we have to respect and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, just, um, you know, we, we strongly feel that can he come back? Uh, absolutely. Um, but when you're a fighter who's been off out of the ring for two years because of weight issues, because of personal reasons, um, you know, sometimes you have to think twice, you you have to think twice and ask yourself, I mean, do I really want to do this? Understood. So we talked about some of your young guys. We talked about your, uh, your main event on Saturday. I want to ask you about one other fighter in your stable, probably one of your best fighters in your stable. We talked about Ryan Garcia, but the other one that's a top quality uh, undefeated guy with a, with a bright future, and that's Virgil Ortiz. He has not fought since August. Uh, I just hadn't really heard too much about him in the last few months about what he may be doing. He's coming off a really good performance against uh, Mean Machine Kavalowskis back in uh, August of uh, last year. Where, where are we at with the Virgil Ortiz and, and, uh, and some kind of possible fight or even a, a bigger name? for him yeah I mean look uh, we're bringing him back in August August 6th um, we're working on his uh, we're working on everything we're uh, everything's being worked out but look Virgil Ortiz uh, yeah it was very unfortunate uh, what happened to him um, uh, 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 in his last uh, outing that, that he was supposed to have um, you know it was uh, it was personal um, um you know, uh, issues with his diet, with his uh, health. He's doing okay uh, now, though? He's all right, though? Yeah, he's, he's doing great. He's doing fine. He's training. He's running. Good. He's motivated. Uh, look, this is, this is one of the best welterweight prospects, uh, 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 contenders. Yes. Um, that anybody can, 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 can have in their stable. Virgil Ortiz is a, is a very dangerous, dangerous fighter who can, who can beat anybody in the welterweight division. So we're very, very excited about Virgil. Uh, August 6th is his date. Uh, we're working on all the details. So, uh, and that's going to be still, that's back on the zone, right? Absolutely. So I was going to ask you about that. I mean, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, you you're, you had your agreement with them uh, that was up, but you've obviously been doing shows. You've had a robust schedule with them the last several months. Are you are you close to actually signing the longer-term extension with them? You have your Thursday night series that's uh, gotten off to a nice start. Yeah, look, we, we've been working with The Zone. Um, you know, we're very happy uh, with The Zone. Uh, it, it is the, uh, the destination uh, for boxing, for the best boxing. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we continue to, uh, we, 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 uh, we continue to, uh, to, to, to work with them. And uh, we're, we're ecstatic about our relationship. And, uh, you know, more, more news to come on that end. But, uh, you know, uh, in the meantime, we're going to continue uh, um, um, working with The Zone. And having the best fights possible, and uh, and uh, you know we 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 want to continue to build that relationship and uh, and make sure that the zone has has the best prospects, the best champions, the best uh, events. Well, and I know it, uh, the next one is Saturday night where you have uh, Gilberto Zerto Ramirez against Dominic Gosell, which seems to be a pretty good matchup. And uh, my man William Zapata terrorizing guys on the undercard, so I'm looking forward to yeah. Saturday's fight. Oscar, thank you very much for all of the stuff on this upcoming card, all your comments about what's been going on uh, in terms of trying to make these other matches and your take on the Canelo Bivol fight. I appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. All right. You got it, Dan. Thank you, huh? Appreciate it, Oscar. Take care, Talk buddy. Soon. All right. All right, brother. Love this. And again, I publicly compliment Dan Rayfield. There are not a lot of people in this field, in this business, and this is why he's with us on Big Fight Weekend, the Big Fight Weekend preview podcast. 
uh, et cetera, in all of our coverage that can just get a hold of an Oscar De La Hoya, a Hall of Famer, the head of Golden Boy Promotions, to talk to him about the Garcia situation, about the fight card this weekend. So again, publicly, congrats on that. Give me a takeaway. Uh, let's let's go in order. A takeaway, first of all, did it surprise you that he says, hey, we're agreeable. We're agreeable to 50-50 on the split. Let's make the fight for Garcia and, and Isak Cruz at lightweight. Did that surprise you? It did surprise me a little bit because Oscar, you know, when he was a boxer, he drove a hard bargain on his deals and he always was the A side and got the bigger money. But I also think that he's got a lot of experience now as a promoter. He gets it that sometimes you have to give a little to make it to get what you what your desire is and better to give up something to get exactly what you want than to take a bad deal and get something that you don't want. So I feel like he feels that Ryan is going to win against Isaac Cruz, that it's going to be a good promotion if it happens, whoever the promoter of the event is, and if they if uh, they want the fight, they don't have a choice but to go for the 50-50 that the BC ordered, and so be it. So uh, Oscar's a realist, I think. Um, I just hope that they all, uh, at least on their side, follow through. And I try to reach out to the Pitbull Cruise people. I didn't get any response, which was disappointing. But, um, you know, the ball is going to be in their court if they can, uh, you know, go forward and either negotiate a, an agreement with Golden Boy or, or, you know, see them at a purse bid, you know, in a few weeks. Okay. So we believe that one is going to happen. I thought it was interesting. Well, I didn't say that. I didn't well, say that. Oscar believes and Ryan believes that it's going to happen. It takes yeah. two to tango. I agree with you. So we think it's going to happen, but we'll we see. hope it's going to happen. We hope it's going to happen. I don't even, I don't have whole, I hope at the time we're releasing the podcast. All right. I'm sitting in a Tampa Bay lightning hat. They're about to play game six against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dan cares nothing about hockey. Oh, I care about hockey. I hope instead of forget the Ryan Garcia fight and whether it happens, I hope the lightning win, but I don't know if they're going to win. I hope they're going to win if I'm hoping for things. And you already know that result. If, if you're listening to us on the weekend and you know there's a game seven in Toronto, they did win. If there's not a game seven in Toronto, that means they lost and TJ's in a bad mood. But if we're talking about hopes, I'm just throwing that out there on the Big Fight Weekend podcast about what we hope for uh, here right about now. Uh, and Mrs. Reeves may be more mad than I am if the, if the Lightning don't win game six. So just pray for my household. The week of my anniversary, by the way, that the Lightning somehow get a win. But Dan has no control over that. I have no control over that. We'll see what happens uh, tonight with that. One more thing um, that I thought was interesting. He said to you, and this is easy after the fact to say, we would have never taken that fight if, if Canelo Alvarez was with me with Golden Boy. Bad matchup. What was your line from Rocky too? He's all wrong for us, baby. We don't need this man in our lives is what you kept saying, and I love that. That's, that's the line from that's the movie. The line. All right, what's your reaction? Again, that's very easy to say after Canelo's lost the fight, but for De La Hoya to say that, what's your reaction? Well, I, I kind of believe him, and I say that because if you go back in previous history, now, they didn't win the argument, but you can go back all the way as far back as when when uh, Canelo Alvarez took on uh, Arislandi Lara, who crashed his press conference after a victory and called him out. And Golden Boy was very um, uh, negative about making that match. They felt it was not the right fight for him at that time. Canelo Alvarez insisted on that fight. They ultimately had no choice because he just said, you know, make the fight. And when the star boxer says make the fight, you don't really have a choice if that's what he wants to do. They made the fight. He, he won. It was close. It was uh, some people thought it was controversial. I was at that fight. I certainly thought Canelo was the winner, although extremely close. It was a similar situation where uh, they were not that thrilled about making the Austin Trout fight when he was at his peak. They made that fight and Canelo came through with a, a very strong victory, scored a knockdown, won the fight. Point is, Golden Boy has been a little bit more conservative with the matchmaking when they were dealing with Canelo and it would have probably been a similar situation to the people. Now they may not have won the argument because again, Canelo being the level of star he is and what he generates and, you know, he's going to dictate what he wants to do. 
uh, and tell the promoter what fights he wants or he's not going to fight. So they probably would have ended up making it. But I believe Oscar when he says that they wouldn't have wanted to make that fight. And the reason why they came up, I didn't call up Oscar to like bash on Canelo because he lost or anything like that. But it has an impact on on their fighter, which is Zerto Ramirez, who sure. is now in a final eliminator against Bosell on the Saturday night DAZN card. And if Bivol does not get the rematch with Canelo, then the elimination is going to produce the mandatory, which will be then called by the WBA. If Canelo exercises the right to his option, the winner of the Bosell fight against Zerto is going to be knocked back a little bit in terms of the timing to get the fight. So obviously Oscar is hopeful that Zerto beats Bosell and that Canelo does not in, uh, you know, uh, exercise his rematch, right? Because it would then make the fight between Zerto and Bivol that much uh, closer and, you know, I guess easier to make. Uh, so we're going to see about that. But he did have a lot to say about Canelo's performance. And he did have a lot to say about, uh, you know, the upcoming fight between uh, Zerto and Bosell and and critiqued uh, the, the, the Bivol performance. Love the insight of Dan Rayfield. Dan, oh, stand and, by. Yep. Anything and, else? And one other thing, and people, of course, heard, you know, he talked about the return of Virgil Ortiz. He talked about the excellent lightweight prospect that Golden Boy promotes. It's on the undercard Saturday. Uh, uh, William Zapata, a big punching southpaw, undefeated fighter, 23 knockouts and 25 uh, victories, no losses. Talked about, um, you know, what they're going to be, what, you know, they're, they're working on completing their deal with the zone. It was, a, you know, again, the, the reason for the interview was generally to get him his take on Saturday's fight as we preview uh, the weekend card. But it was great that he went into detail on the Garcia stuff, on the Canelo stuff, on Vivo, on some of the other fighters that they work with and some of the upcoming plans. It was a De La Hoya buffet. There is no doubt about that from that interview. Great job again with that. Dan, stand by. We've got more on the way. We're going to make fight predictions coming up. Charlo Castaño to the rematch. It's finally here. It's been delayed because of an injury. We'll get into all of that and the other fights that are going on this weekend if you hang with us. But first, we're brought to you in part by our friends at BetUS, America's favorite sports book. They've been in business for almost three decades, and we're going to make it worth your while if you're looking to wager on any of the boxing action this weekend, including Charlo Castaño for the undisputed junior middleweight title. Do it with our friends at BetUS because we've also got a 125% match bonus on your initial deposit with our promo code BFW22. That's for Big Fight Weekend. BFW22 gets you 125% in matching dollars. Put 100 in, you get 125 more to wager. Put 200 in initially, get 250 more to wager, and on and on. Again, BetUS is safe. They guarantee the payouts, and they do so fast. You can find out more at BetUS.com and through the BetUS mobile app. And again, on initial sign-up, put our promo code in BFW22. Get a 125% match bonus. You bet, you win, you get paid with BetUS. And we're brought to you in part by another sponsor, Ticket Smarter. If you're looking for tickets to any of the boxing action this weekend, including Charlo Castaño at the Dignity Health Sports Complex in Carson, California, do it with our friends at Ticket Smarter. They've got fantastic selection, the best competitive prices on the secondary market. Your purchase is 100% guaranteed and... We're going to give you another incentive. Use our promo code BFW22. Yes, BFW22. And go ahead and take $10 off your order every time you use that code. Whether this is for the boxing, whether this is the NBA playoffs ongoing, the Stanley Cup playoffs ongoing, Major League Baseball, they've got over 100,000 events for 2022, concerts, you name it, that are available through Ticket Smarter. And again, our promo code BFW22 lets you take 
$10 off every order that you make for any of the tickets to any of the boxing or any of the events that you can find on Ticket Smarter. Again, as we like to say, think smarter, ticket smarter. The Ticket Smarter mobile app, our promo code BFW22. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. We are back in one more time. Love the insight of Dan Rayfield back aboard as our content partner, our insider as part of Big Fight Weekend. A lot of big things happening, pun intended, right now on the site, on the podcast, etc. Keep finding us on the website, bigfightweekend.com, with uh, Dan's content. He'll have recap of that Charlo Castaño fight that we're about to talk about coming up, the rematch in Carson, California. Dignity Health Sports Complex Showtime main event coming. We'll talk about that fight card in a second. Reminder to find us here on the podcast. Uh, Big Fight Weekend is the name of the podcast feed, but the Fight Freaks Unite recap podcast comes your way right after the weekend is uh, is wrapping up. Uh, again, if you're subscribing or following us, you'll get that recap podcast as soon as it's out, whether it's out on a Sunday evening, a Monday morning, whatever the case is, we recap the weekend. Fight Freaks Unite, you find it right here on this podcast feed. However and wherever you found this podcast feed, follow and subscribe. And by the way, if you're hearing us in advance, and you probably are, we're going to do the Friday chat again for Charlo Castaño 2, Zerto Ramirez in action as the headliner on DAZN, et cetera, et cetera, all the fights this weekend. The Friday chat is coming Friday afternoon. Be locked in on the Big Fight Weekend social channels via Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Dan's social media as well on Twitter, on Facebook, under Dan Rayfield on Facebook, especially be locked in because we're going to do the Friday chat. You're enjoying the Friday chat a little bit. So why don't we bring it back again with all the action on Friday, depending on when you're hearing us. And we'll get interaction. We want fan questions as well. We'll get interactions for that. Let's turn to the action this weekend. We'll save Charlo Castaño to uh, best for last. By the way, neither one of us had last week Bevo pulling the upset. I did love the over. I loved it uh, to be a decision fight. So the over hit when we're talking about for short-term investment purposes. So we've got some interesting lines for this weekend, and we'll see how things uh, pick up. Speaking of the uh, Zerto Ramirez uh, fight with Dominic Bosell. Zerto Ramirez minus 3,000 here to win this one. So he is 30 to 1, heavily favored. D- does Bozell have much of a chance at all to make this competitive? Or is this I mean, Zerto I, play? I, I mean, I think Zerto should be the favorite. I find 30 to 1 to be preposterous. That just tells me that that people just don't know anything about uh, Dominic Bozell. They just think he's a complete nobody. And again, he's not the number one contender. He's not like a bonafide top, top guy. He has been stopped uh, by Chris Nicky, you know, not that long ago in an early knockout loss third round, but he's got some decent wins on his record. He, he did beat Chris Nicky in a rematch. He had an interim title for whatever that was worth. He has a win over Enrico Coling, who's the guy that better be have defeated uh, by a late knockout to win the vacant title back a few years ago. You know, he, he he's, he's fought some quality guys, some name guys in Europe, Granted, he has a loss to Carl Murat, who fought Bernard Hopkins in a world title fight. So, you know, is he at the A level? No, of course not. But is he a D level to be a 30 to 1 dog? I don't think that's the case either. So it's, it is interesting, and we're using the BetUS lines. You may see different prices elsewhere. Bosell as the underdog is plus 1,000 or 10 to 1 roughly as the underdog. So that might be worth a flyer. What the heck? A flyer. Zerto is heavily favored uh, to win, but just for the, for the purposes of that 
on the uh, on the Dizone Golden Boy Show. Was there anything else on the Golden Boy Show that stood out? You mentioned William Zapata. I see he is a minus fourteen hundred favorite in the. I guess that's the co-feature, right, for Golden Boy. Right, Zapata is just a. He's a very exciting fighter. He's a younger fighter. He's a Mexican. He's a brawler. It's what's interesting to me about Zapata that you don't see a lot of big power punchers generally who are left-handed who are southpaws that is Zapata he's a, a power punching left-hander they're not the most common thing in boxing and he has very very good power I believe 25 and 0 with 23 knockouts and and in in the lightweight division you always hear people we discuss the Ryan uh, you know the Ryan Garcia George Cambosis now that he's been uh, become the champion uh, Devin Haney you know, people talk about the possibility of Shakur Stevenson moving up in weight. We, of course, have Tiafimo Lopez, who's probably going to go to 140. There's obviously Vasily Lomachenko. You've got these great names in the lightweight division and a lot of talent. But William Zapata is lurking in the background. He is not that far away from fighting one of these big names and uh, maybe uh, in, a, in a position to really push himself into uh, the front of boxing fans' minds in that weight class because of the excitement that he brings and the power punching that he brings. Uh, and I think he's going to be another person to put themselves in position. Look, nobody really was talking about George Cambosis until a few months ago at the end of last year when he had that fantastic matchup against uh, Tiafimo Lopez and won the world title. And William Zapata is just one fight away against a decent or, or somewhat well-known name and getting a nice win that people are going to talk about him being involved in these kind of matchups also. So he's definitely a guy to worth pay attention to, like you said, in the co-feature of, of Zerto Ramirez. And Ramirez, that's an important fight because the winner of him and Bosell uh, look, he already won an eliminator against Yanieski Gonzalez in the last fight, but he's not going to just sit idle and not fight while uh, Bivol is doing his thing. So he needs to stay active. So this fight is also officially a final eliminator, and the winner will, you know, he'll either maintain his mandatory position or Bosell will take it over. Uh, but Zerto is in a great position. He's wanted the Bivol fight. They were chasing it, chasing it, chasing it, and they didn't get it. And Bivol, of course, ended up getting uh, the lottery ticket and getting the, the fight against Canelo, scoring the victory last week. And uh, unfortunately for Zerto, you know, he had to sit and wait. And so now he's sort of, I don't want to say spinning his wheels because guys like Bosell, guys like Yanieski Gonzalez, they're, they're solid professional fighters. They're just not at the elite top level, big names, but he's not, you know, better to fight these types of opponents and keep your name out there and stay active and, and, and score knockouts or score decisive wins and, and let people see you than just go under a rock and not be seen for a year and a half. So it's an important fight for, uh, for, Zerto, he's been in some uh, exciting matchups lately. The Gonzalez fight was a hell of a fight, and uh, hopefully Bosell can give him some competition. And we see a good, a good main event. And of course, like I said, Williams Zapata on the undercard is uh, always interesting to me. I know you wrote earlier this week about Sergey Kovalev, who's back. He hasn't been in the ring in a while since his knockout loss to Canelo Alvarez. Speaking of Canelo earlier on in the podcast, he is in the main event for the Triller Fight Club show at the Forum in Inglewood, California, the old Forum. The Forum's getting a little uh, extra pub because of that HBO reality show or the, the look back at Magic Johnson, Jerry Buss, and the rise of the Laker dynasty, where they always used to play at the Forum. So the Forum has been renovated. It's mainly a boxing or concert venue. Now that's where they're holding the Triller show. You wrote about Kovalev earlier in the week. This is the brother of Kubrat Pulev. Set me straight if I'm wrong here. Turvel Pulev, do I have that name right? Cruiserweight, 10-round yes. main event. What, what do we suspect, and, and we wrote, you wrote this, we put it on the site, does Kovalev, Sergey Kovalev, have anything left in the tank? What do we suspect for Saturday night? For that, for that I, mean, I mean, he's fighting Turvel Pulev, who was undefeated, but he's a rather older fighter. He's in his late 30s also. 
he was an Olympic bronze medalist, I think in 2012, but you have to go back and he has wow. not had the most active careers. He is the brother of the longtime heavyweight contender, two time world title challenger, Kubra Pulov, whose title fight losses were by knockout, uh, both as mandatories first against Vladimir Klitschko several years ago. And then a couple years ago against Anthony Joshua. So Tervel, not sure if he's necessarily even at his brother's level, but he's got the unbeaten record. But the most significant thing in terms of Kovalev is that he talked about the agony and the struggles he's had in his recent, you know, even though he hasn't fought for two and a half years, but before that, the last couple of fights he did have, the very real struggle of making light heavyweight. And now he's fighting as a cruiserweight. He feels like he is refreshed that making the weight is not going to kill him, that he can be healthier going into the fights and feels like he has a new lease on life. We'll find out in the ring if he can a, what he looks like at this age, B, how it's been after the long layoff, and C, if he does have anything left against uh, maybe not an A-level opponent, but certainly a, a quality professional fighter with Olympic credentials and an amateur pedigree. Um, so when Kovalev was at his best, not that long ago, he was one of the best fighters pound for pound in the world. He was unified champion. He won light heavyweight titles three different times. He has a good resume. Many people, myself included, thought that he defeated Andre Ward in their first fight. Uh, when that was arguably for the number one spot pound for pound in boxing. Uh, and uh, he ended up losing a controversial decision. Uh, but Kovalev has been a badass for a long time. And I'm not sure what he's got left. I suspect it's enough against the Tervel Pulev. Um, but I'm kind of interested to see that because if you can suddenly have Kovalev scoring a big knockout or in a good performance and put himself in position, you know, he's the kind of guy that draws a lot of, uh, you know, either love him or you hate him kind of opinions. But I think people still watch. And it'll be interesting to see if he can uh, catapult himself into another sort of title opportunity because he automatically becomes, you know, the best name, the best known name anyway, in the cruiserweight division among the active fighters there now, even more so than, uh, you know, Amira's Bradis who has a title, but is not that well known, certainly in this country. Uh, and so we'll see. And by the way, that undercard, you know, the way the trillers put it together as a, as a smaller pay-per-view, uh, you know, they have like Evan Holyfield, who is the son mm -hmm. of Evander on the card. Uh, you know, as he grows his career, they have the three young sons of uh, former uh, champion Fernando Vargas, one of the boys making his professional debut. Also, Kubra Pulev, who is the brother, as we talked about, of Turvel. He's probably in the most interesting in terms of pure competition fight on the card. He's fighting Jerry Forrest, who is a kind of an underrated heavyweight contender who got robbed badly against Michael Hunter when they fought not that long ago. A lot of people thought he had the victory against Zhang Zalei on one of the matchroom cards. So even though Jerry's got a draw and a loss in a, in, in a, you know, recent fights, the reality is he's a, a really solid contender. And if he beats uh, Kubra Pulov, it's just another uh, opportunity to put himself in true uh, to an even bigger fight. So that's a nice heavyweight fight. It's, you know, again, it's the kind of card where, you know, I'm in, I'm watching that card. And we got maybe a lot not, of maybe not be able to watch it live because it's going to conflict with some of the other stuff, but I'm definitely going to find a way to watch that. I, I you know, already got my pay-per-view squared away for that one. I like that. And so as we were saying, uh, it, it, there are several of them all at once, and they're all in California uh, as well. All right, so that leads us to the rematch and the Showtime uh, Championship boxing card, which will be in Carson, California. Quick weigh-in, please. They keep calling it the Punch Bowl. Mauro Ronaldo's calling it that. I see you shaking your head because I can see you. Brian Custer's calling it that. I'm, I'm negative on Punch Bowl as well. I, Forget I, I, about but, the punch. It's the yes. War Grounds. I like War Grounds. I like that much better. So at the War Grounds is, is Charlo Castaño, too. This has been delayed a couple of months because of an injury. Uh, to Brian Castaño. It was an entertaining fight last summer. I believe Castaño should have gotten the decision. It was a draw last time around. Dan, what do you think 
happens here. And interesting that Charlo is only a minus 200, two to one favorite. Castaño on the Bet US lines plus 165 here. Very competitive on paper. What do you think happens, real quick? That's a really good fight. Obviously, last time it was it was a split draw. They called it one judge had it even, one judge had it for Charlo, one judge had it for Castaño. I'm with you. I thought Castaño won the fight. I thought he fought out of his mind. That was probably the best he ever fought in his whole life. And I don't think Charlo fought a bad fight. I just think he got beat that night. Uh, they they didn't they didn't give him the decision. You know they didn't give Castaño the decision. It took some you know political will and a lot of uh, machinations to get this rematch on, so it could be for all four belts. And uh, the, the good thing is that whoever emerges victorious, barring another draw, hopefully that doesn't happen, there will be a singular champion in the 154-pound weight class, and that's a big deal in boxing. Uh, as I say all the time, people talk about, you know, too many titles and it's not that big of a thing. All I know is this. If it was so easy to unify four titles, everyone would be doing it, and this is going to be a rare time of the four-belt era, like the seventh time ever uh, on the men's side of boxing that there'll be an undisputed champion. And uh, I think that Castaño has a great chance to win this fight um, but I think Charlo's got a great chance to win also. I'm surprised he's that much of a favorite, actually. Yeah, two to one. It's not like he's a huge favorite, but it was such a close fight, and so many people thought that Castagna won the first one. Um, I just feel like Charlo probably has still a little bit more name recognition than uh, than Castagna does. I remember when they fought the first fight, they fought in basically in Charlo's backyard in Texas. Yep. This is now on more of a neutral territory in California where they have good officials, in my opinion, and you know, in a, in a neutral sort of site at the war grounds, not at uh, the punch bowl, which is a terrible nickname. Uh, <laughs> and I'll continue to call up my boys, Mauro and, uh, and Brian Custer on that. But uh, it's a first class fight, it, you know, in Showtime back a few months ago when they went through and announced like nine shows over the course uh, of uh, the, the spring and the summer. That was obviously the best fight on the entire schedule. So we are getting the best fight, the most meaningful fight on the schedule, a tremendous matchup. Uh, the great up-and-coming young fighter, Jaron Ennis, on the undercard boots. Yep. Ennis uh, in a welterweight eliminator against Custio Clayton from Canada, who is an Olympian and is a good fighter. It's a, it's a good test for Ennis. But to me, Ennis is a future pound-for-pound level fighter. Uh, I feel about him sort of the way I felt about Shakur Stevenson. You just to see the talent ooze out of the guy, you know that just a matter of getting the reps in and he's going to be at the top of the sport in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, he's in the co-feature, and I'm looking, too, on – uh, his odds, he's minus 1,600, by the way, 16 to 1 to be Clayton. That's interesting. Clayton is a plus 750 underdog. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, nothing yeah. against Clayton. He's yeah. a good fighter. I give him no chance. I yeah. think, Ennis, I think that's because of Ennis' gonna... talent and his power. Anything can happen. We agree. You've seen it so many times. But this should be a big night for Ennis and the co-feature. Back to the main event. Charlo has been talking in the buildup just real quick about knockout, about doing what he didn't do before. I kind of buy that. I think he may be going for the knockout, and I kind of like the under 10 and a half rounds here. Charlo going for the knockout. You want to dissuade me from that? Castaño too tough? I shouldn't go for the under? Just for I short think Castaño takes a good shot. I, I actually think that this fight goes a distance, and I think Castaño wins it this time. Ooh. You and I'm I taking the opposite upset. sides of the aisle. I like that. I mean, I can't say I feel that strongly, right? but I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the uh, – I'm, th- I'm taking the upset special. Again, I don't. I won't consider it that big of an upset because I thought he won the first fight. But I think that Castaño, uh, you know, they're both going to be ready. It's not – my picking of Castaño is not that I'm anti-Charlo by any stretch of the imagination. I just think that he should have got it the first time. He's going to get it the second time. It's going 12 rounds. It might be awfully close, maybe split. But I think in the end, Castaño gets his hand raised. 
Wow. So you and I on opposite sides of the aisle. Let's see what happens. That's why it's boxing. That's the main event for Showtime. We mentioned earlier Floyd Mayweather on a skyscraper in Dubai. We are not exaggerating this. Uh, how do they see it? It's fight TV and live now pay-per-view, right? It's an exhibition with somebody you're going to know who it is more than the rest of us. Don Moore is the guy in the exhibition. I mean, give me, give me like 30 seconds because we're about done here. Go. Well, listen, Don Moore is, this is the Mayweather show. So his opponent could be a bear. It could be a, a horse. It could be a guy named Don Moore. It's really irrelevant. But Don Moore is a professional, but he's been a pro since like the late nineties. He's like 16, 18 and 0 or something like that. Oh. Fought against absolute garbage opponents. Every single opponent he's ever had has been under 500. I mean, he's sparred with Floyd in terms of competition. It's a joke. Okay. The concept here is it's an exhibition it's to see Mayweather in action because he's popular. He's an all-time great. Got some nice stuff on the undercard. Badu Jack, uh, exhibition with the great MMA fighter Anderson Silva in a boxing match. So you're not buying this for the pound-for-pound fighter or for a, a great championship fight. You're buying it for the spectacle. All right. Let's see if it is a spectacle. We'll find out what happens with all this. Great job getting Oscar De La Hoya. We are looking forward to what's going to happen with all the fights this weekend. Dan Rayfield, love the insight on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Let's see what happens with all the action here. DAZN Golden Boy Show, as well as the Showtime Championship Boxing Show with Charlo Castaño, the rematch, and all of it. Dan, thank you. You bet, TJ. There we go, and that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. Again, however you found us, wherever you found us, social media link, bigfightweekend.com, Dan Rayfail's Substack as well. Uh, the Fight Freaks Unite Substack. Thank you for finding us in the preview mode. We'll see what happens with all the action on Saturday, including that undisputed 154-pound uh, battle between uh, Jermel Charlo and Brian Castaño. And again, Dan and I disagree on that one. Let's see what happens. See how it all unfolds. We'll recap it with a Fight Freaks Unite recap podcast that'll be coming off the weekend as soon as everything is done on Saturday night with all this action. Zerto Ramirez in action, also in California. Also the Triller Fight card uh, that involves uh, Kubret Pulev in the uh, main event in Inglewood, California. All the fight cards this weekend. Everything that's happening there in California, all of it. We'll recap it on Fight Freaks Unite. For now, we're good on the Big Fight Weekend podcast preview here of Charlo Castaño, the Showtime Boxing main event. Let's see what happens in that one. We appreciate you being with us. For Dan Rayfield, I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for listening to the Big Fight Weekend preview podcast. Bye.